Hey everyone, just letting you know, my voice may be a little bit husky this recording. I've been sick over Thanksgiving, so I hope you don't mind some vocal fries on the side. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Hello, and welcome to the first Basket Case podcast immersive episode on Eagle McMahon. A Basket Case immersive is a deep dive into the narratives from the previous episode to try and understand what's going on between our ears in those moments. When we shine a light on the human pitfalls at play, you can add action and awareness to your bag of trick shots next tournament. Think of everything you're about to hear as a jumping off point for you to discover what works for you and your own mental game. So take it or leave it. Also, the advice you're about to hear is conversational, not clinical. I am not a mental health professional or a sports psychologist, but I do strongly believe that if you have ever had your mental game fail you, You're not weird. In fact, you're likely in good company. So sit back and get ready for a gentle left-brained massage in mental performance by a self-taught internet sleuth and psychology enthusiast. Let's get ready to flex our mental muscles and get curious. Come on, y'all. First off, I want to thank Eagle so, so, so much for an absolutely amazing episode. It takes a lot of courage to share your struggles with the world, and so I appreciate him. He was also a real sweetie helping me figure out how to social media. (laughs) I was over here feeling like I'm 80 years old trying to make a reel and add a collaborator. So uh, personal growth, everyone. If you haven't listened to Eagle's episode already, some of the things in this episode may be spoilers. So go listen to his episode first and then come back. So let's dive in. Here's the first theme from Eagle I found really interesting, which a few other golfers have mentioned to me before as well, and that is what I'm calling comment creep. Here is the clip from the episode. One of the greatest tips that I can give anybody is like, don't pay attention to what people say, but Mm -hmm. it creeps in to your life, like even if you want to not hear it. So like my whole thing is how can I manage what people are saying? You hear those things and it it's in the back of your head. So like, uh, you know, yeah, you can't ignore it. The more you try and push it away, the more it's going to like stick in your head, you know, like the, uh, don't think about white elephants. And it's like, all I can think about is that thing. The real name for this phenomenon is ironic rebound theory. I first heard about this formally from the movie Inception. The ironic rebound theory is when your deliberate attempts to suppress certain thoughts actually make them more likely to surface. For example, try to pose this task to yourself as you listen. Close your eyes and tell yourself, do not think about your eyelids. It's hard. All you want to do is think about them. So this phenomenon pops up in a variety of situations out on the course, in driving, up shots, putting, you name it. For instance, how many times have you been playing around and you find yourself ruminating on the exact thing you're trying to avoid? Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't even think about the tree. And then you hit it. 
in these moments, I sometimes find myself trying to do a don't. Don't release it early. Don't hyzer it too much. Don't foot fault, etc. Listen, you can't do a don't. When you try and do a don't, you should all over yourself. So what can we do about it? Research on this phenomenon with extreme cases of rumination shows that it's unproductive to try and suppress these types of thoughts. They're often worsened with stress, and the more you try and push them down, the stickier they become. Instead, a quick tip you can deploy out on the course is the mindfulness practice of RAIN, which is an acronym coined by Michelle McDonald and stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture. So imagine you're in a tournament situation and you need a good drive and a birdie on the next hole. The fairway is a tight, narrow gap, and there is a mando tree on the side right in the spot where you've been releasing your drives errantly all round. This mando tree is in your head. It's almost your turn to throw, and you are a basket case. If you're using rain in this moment, go through the four steps. First, recognize. Recognize what's going on. Like most things, the first step out of the trance is to acknowledge you're stuck. This means admitting to yourself that the tree is in your head. Next, allow. Allow the experience to be there, just as it is. Typically, when we have an unpleasant emotion, we react in one of three ways. Judgment and shame, numbing and pretending it's not there, or by focusing our attention elsewhere and distracting ourselves with something else. All which can work in the short term, but can cause bad habits that catch up to us and don't allow us to practice self-management. You do this. We all do. But allowing means feeling the feelings. Are you scared of hitting the tree? Allow yourself to feel scared. Often just authenticating your feelings can lower the anxiety around them, which leads to the next step, which is investigate. Investigate that feeling with kindness towards yourself. This is about calling on your natural curiosity. Curiosity is a great antidote to judgment. Trying to disentangle yourself from the outcome and sincerely ask, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why I feel that way and explore it. Being curious after the feeling allows you to take an impartial look and see things about the situation you couldn't before. This step is also about trying to acknowledge underlying feelings and motives without judgment or blame of you and your qualities. The act of being curious can help you discover the root of your feeling so you can do something actionable about it. The last step is nurture. Nurturing comes from not identifying with the experience, i.e., refocus, take some deep breaths to calm down, start focusing on what you want to have happen, and reply to some of the feelings you investigated. I don't feel scared anymore. I'm an amazing golfer. I know I can make this shot. I've done it before. Think of the times that you've done it before and how your body felt in that moment, and picture that in your head. At the end of the day, a prepared and practiced body knows what to do, and if you can mediate the relationship between your mind and body, it will do it. So that is RAIN, Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture. I may have butchered it, so don't take my word for it. Google it, research it yourself, try it, and see if it works for you. Next up is something I mentioned in the episode about a logical fallacy. Hmm. sorry sorry about the forehand eagle and like little things like that just reaffirm mm -hmm. my my concept of that belief yeah. that belief and the the idea that i am injured even if i'm not yeah so it's even like, if you're not that's so interesting even just 
having you talk about LVC and it's like you were feeling fine, but then people Uh-huh. started talking about it and then and then you start to notice, you know, like that logical fallacy where it's like, yeah, if someone points it out, then you're going to notice it too. And so it's like, yeah, then you notice it. And then it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, like you said, because maybe I should get it checked. <laughs> And I looked it up to see what it actually was. And I don't feel too bad for not remembering because it has a lot of different names, which is ironic because so much of its power rests in repetition. It's been called availability bias, availability heuristic, Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, frequency bias, or frequency illusion. And I'm just going to call it the frequency illusion because it sounds very arrested development. The frequency illusion is when we remember what is repeated again and again and again. Not only that, the more times something is repeated, the more true it actually seems. So repetition really does have the power to change our beliefs. So if I said to you, go to basketcasepod.com, it's really awesome. Go to basketcasepod.com, it's really awesome. You get it. When we see or hear something again and again, it creates the illusions that the thing is happening more often and more credibly. This causes a feedback loop where your confirmation bias leads you to believe that it's happening everywhere. This is also why you have to be so careful and aware of your self-talk. You could be repeating a story to yourself that you end up believing unintentionally. While it's not always possible to avoid this, try to think about your thoughts and actions more consciously and critically. Why do you think what you think? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you a victim of a confirmation bias? Is it actually true? We're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll break down Eagle's don't care mentality and hear some listener sins. Stay with us. If you're listening to Basket Case, you will likely be getting some new disc golf gear soon. Some of my favorite discs I've owned, I found at infinitediscstour.com. They have pictures of every disc, so you can find a disc that has good vibes and know exactly what you're getting. They carry basically every retailer, so that obscure favorite that just went swimming could be replaced after all. You can also sell them your used or new discs that don't work for your game before you throw them in the water so someone else can. If you're a TD, their payout and sponsorship options can streamline the whole process for you and allow your winners to get what they want. They do player packs and trophies too. Check out what they can do by going to infinitediscstour.com. That's infinitediscstour.com. Wildpack Sports wants to help people get outdoors and thrive through adventure, sport, and mindfulness. If you're looking for more control or stamina in stressful situations, their mindfulness sessions can help you develop habits to use on and off the course. Whether you're staring down a 30-footer for the win or surviving a trip to the grocery store with your kids, a lesson on breathwork, mindfulness, or a cold plunge can give you the tools you need to thrive. Sessions can be in-person or virtual, so get started today by going to wildpacksports.com. Wildpack Sports. Control the moment. Control the outcome. 
There was a really great article written on Eagle's episode by The Players Meeting, which is a weekly disc golf newsletter with condensed and interesting five-minute reads. If you want to give it a read, there's a link to it in the show notes. But in the article, they called it Eagle's quote-unquote don't-care mentality. Let's take a listen to it from the episode. This is the kind of the age-old question I ask myself, whether you care or you don't care. And framing it like that is way too general. But I think a lot of people can say that they've had their best rounds when they, quote, don't care. I thought this was incredibly interesting and had just read a portion of an amazing book called The Inner Game of Tennis by Timothy Galway. I know what you're thinking, disc golf, not tennis, but tennis is an individual sport where mental game plays a huge part in physical performance, and a ton of the skills and principles, even the terminology, transfers to disc golf, so bear with me. In the book, Timothy talks about how there are two selves to our mental game. He calls them self one and self two, very creative. And very quickly distilled, self one makes decisions logically through words and hierarchy. Self two is more intuitive and thinks through pictures and movement. Much of our mental game depends on how these two selves successfully exchange information, roles, and action on the course. For instance, overthinking is commonly blamed on self one trying to analytically control the motions and outcomes of self two. Self one includes the ego, which can interpret well-intended compliments as potential criticisms, like we heard in the episode. Just he- sometimes hearing anything can like throw you into a you know a basket case, and uh, yes. that kind of um, what I've been really struggling with is just like hearing people talk, whether it's good mm-hmm. or bad about me. And even if someone's positive about it, when you know I outdrive them on a card or something, and they're like, "Wow, you can throw so far," but it's mm-hmm. like that's a compliment. But the way that you said it outlines that there's a story that I'm not supposed to throw far. (laughs) Eagle very astutely outlined this fine balance of caring or self-one investment and control with not caring, providing the body with pictures of intentions and allowing and trusting self-two to execute without getting in the way with either compliments or judgments. The trick, like Eagle said, is to, quote, not care. As in, disassociate yourself with your shots. You are not your backhand. You are not your score. If you view an erratic shot or a bad round as a reflection of who you are, you will be upset. In the book, Timothy provides an analogy of a parent teaching their baby to walk. I'm a mother, so this totally resonated with me. He says, A parent views their child's attempt at walking for the first time with detached love and interest. When you're teaching a kid to walk, you don't physically pick up their chubby baby legs and force the motion up and down. You show them how with a visual example, and their body tries to imitate what they see. If it fails and falls, you just pick them up and encourage another try. We're all learning to walk in some regard, so be kind and curious while you're out there with others, but especially with yourself. If you want to read The Inner Game of Tennis and support the show, check out our reading list at basketcasepod.com. It's much more beautiful and complex in the book, so I absolutely suggest the read. All right, it is time for some listener sends, which is your chance to share your stories. Here is our first one from Charlie. 
After hearing this piece of advice from pros, I've incorporated a mantra just before my throw or putt. I find it helps quiet the nerves and refocuses my energy on the belief of the mantra. For example, during my run-up for a drive, I'll say to myself, no fear. Or during the downswing of my putt, I'll say, it's already in. Now, whether those mantras help me 100% is still up for debate, but I find it helps most of the time. Charlie. Thank you, Charlie, so much for sending in your story. That is so good to hear. I'm curious if anybody has something that they say right before they throw. Um, If you do have one, uh, send it over to us. I also wanted to share my own story about Goat Hill 2022 that started me on the journey of actually creating this podcast. I showed up nine months postpartum trying to regain the game I was developing before I had my baby. But my body still felt completely foreign. My center of gravity was completely different, and I was kind of counting myself out in a lot of ways. I didn't feel like I was a quote-unquote like real athlete. I felt like I was a mom playing dress-up. However, the first round, these things helped me have that don't-care mentality, and I actually ended up playing almost 50 points above my rating, and I landed on lead card with some of my heroes like Jen Allen, Owen Scoggins, and Maria Olivia. It was such a dream, and I couldn't believe that I had attained it. But that mentality turned on me the second round. Being on a card with such titans was completely intimidating, and I started to crumble midway through the round after taking a seven, and then a six, and then a seven. I started feeling like the am on a card of pros and feeling like I didn't belong there. None of the way I was feeling internally was because of them. They were completely lovely, supportive, positive, and kind. Uh, My performance at that tournament had everything to do with the fact that I was reinforcing a story to myself that I wasn't good enough and my body was executing the narrative that I was feeding it. Without working through that personal negative story I was believing in, I was living up to my own expectations. In the end, I was able to hold on to fourth place, but it came down to every stroke and I almost gave it away. After that tournament, I realized just how powerful or destructive my mental game can be to my performance. And I started to pay more attention to it. And here we are today. Everyone's experience is different, and I started this podcast to build a community of disc golfers that love the sport and want to improve. If you have a mental game story or something that resonated with you that you heard on the podcast, email it to discgolfbasketcase at gmail.com and we will read your send on the show. That is it for our first immersive. New episodes come out every Monday, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss our next episode. And until then, full send, everybody. No guts, no glory, no brains, no chains. Goodbye.
it's not okay. Like you want that fire to be lit under you. You want to be unhappy, but it's for how long and what you do with that. Cultivate that fire so it can uh, not burn you, but it can cook your food.